Hey friends, welcome to Deep In with Pastor Joey Martin podcast. I'm your host, Allie Parsons, and I am so excited. It is Christmas and we have a new season coming to Deep In. It is called Rescue Mission. Pastor Joey says it all the time. Once you are rescued, you become a part of the rescue team. And this season of Deep In, we are sitting down with some friends in our community who are a part of the rescue team and they are doing their part to fight for human life. And our first episode, we got to sit down with two of our partners Hadassah's Hope and her song. We sat with Tammy and Kelly and we talked about our favorite Christmas traditions, the realities of human trafficking and how it is right in our backyard and what we can do. What part can we play in the fight against human trafficking and exploitation? You don't want to miss this episode. One thing I will say is that we do discuss some sensitive content. We would say it's PG-13. So if you have little ears in the car or around the house, we just want to caution you before you continue the episode that we do cover some sensitive topics. But I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. Here it is. Welcome to Deepen with Pastor Joby Martin. The Church of 1122 is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're praying this message helps you deepen your relationship with Him. Now let's dive in. All right. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Deepen podcast. We're so excited. It's Christmas, which is fun. We can say Merry Christmas now. Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't like to say Merry Christmas before Thanksgiving. I know some people do. Yeah. Brit starts in July. Right. Yeah. What about you guys? I'm ready. I'm game. You're ready for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, we're so excited to have both Kelly and Tammy here from Hadassah's Hope and her song. Um, I'm so excited to talk about the ministries that you all lead and serve and what God is doing there and what God's doing through you as just ministers of the gospel. Um, And we're just going to have a conversation about God and how good he is um, and and what he's doing in the lives of the organizations that you you work with. But before we get there, Pastor Joby, can you just recast some vision? We're in this series as we head towards Christmas called Rescue Mission. And before we get into the nitty gritty of these incredible ministries, can you just talk about what your vision for Rescue Mission is? Why are we doing it for the Christmas season? So over a long time, I've said that Jesus came on a rescue mission. The moment you're rescued, you become a part of the rescue team, something I'm very sensitive to as the lead pastor of this big old thing that we call 1122, is it cannot turn into a cruise ship that is for the comfort and entertainment of all the people that already have a seat. It has to be a battleship and a rescue vessel to go after all the people that need help. This whole series and this idea to talk to our partners was Gretchen's idea. Um, I'm way, she has many good ideas. Uh, And, you know, I prepare these series a long time in advance and I was heading off for a study day and Gretchen loves Christmas and she just was like, I got an idea. Why don't we call it Rescue Mission and we could interview some of our partners. And then she said, go write sermons about that. So (laughs) I try to do what she says to do. So here we are. (laughs) Yeah. I love it because sometimes we get to the Christmas season and we think it's all feel good we're just building up to that Christmas morning and everything in our culture says you should feel really good about yourself. And yet everyone's so stressed during this season. And that's a part of like this weekend, we're talking about being rescued from human tradition. I am, I'm into the Christmas stuff. Sure, I like it. I have very positive Christmas memories. So the tree and the movies and the claymation, all that stuff. The danger though, is that you could like get the Christmas spirit and miss the spirit of God. That's right. 
when heaven invaded earth on a rescue mission. Right. So that's the theme of this teaching series. Okay, so before we get into the good stuff, Christmas traditions. You talked about you have a Christmas closet, or you did I growing did. up. You don't anymore. No, no, no. Gretchen, so sorry to Gretchen, yeah. not currently. Correct. Um, okay, so ladies, I want to hear from you. Tammy, what is one tradition that your family does for Christmas? But like a weird one. Weird. you have any weird ones? Probably the only weirdest thing we have is we get a real tree every year. We pick it out from coaches right up here. We oh, have yeah. big old tree, and we get sushi. That's like our tradition. <laughs> we decorate and eat sushi. Yeah, I mean, that's a little weird, Christmas. right? Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> At first, I thought you meant the weird part was that you get a real tree. No, but that's that the is good kinda, part. That is, <laughs> unfortunately, it's kind of weird now, but I'm team real tree yeah. as well. Okay, what about you, Kelly? Do you have any weird traditions? Maybe not weird, but we almost always celebrate Christmas not on Christmas because we're just waiting for everybody to be together. And mm-hmm. so when that happens, that's when we have Christmas. I love it. I love it. Okay. So people may not be familiar with her song and Hadassah's Hope. Can you give us just an overview of who you are and how you're related to your ministry um, and what your the purpose of your ministry is and maybe how you got involved with it? And we'll start with you, Tammy. So um, my name is Tammy, and I am with Hadassah's Hope. And Hadassah's Hope is a strip club ministry. Um, gets a lot of reactions from people because they're like, why in the world would you choose to do strip clubs? But what's interesting is um, I went on a mission trip, and um, I get a little emotional over this, but um, I'm a pastor's wife, and um, I got comfortable, real comfortable in my skin for a long time, just loving people within the church, not getting outside of the walls of the mm-hmm. church, and a mission trip rocked me to the core. God gave me eyes to see lost people for the first time, like truly see mm-hmm. them, and I knew I had to come home and do something about it. And uh, missions, foreign missions was not necessarily my cup of tea. Um, not that I'm a diva, but I didn't really care for the, my uh, stayings where I was. But I knew there was plenty of ministry to be done in Jacksonville mm-hmm. in my backyard. And so just through a series of events, um, you know, I just started praying. God break my heart for what breaks yours. And he led me to strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so tell us about Hadassah's Hope. What do you do? What does it look like on a day-to-day basis? Um, day to day, we're hanging out with strippers, and um, every weekend we are going into 13 different strip clubs around Jacksonville, um, just being able to show them the hope and love of Jesus over a home-cooked meal. Mm-hmm. Keyword, everyone, she went on a mission trip. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So careful, because you might change your whole life. It will change In the best life. way. In the best way. It cracks me up that you go to strip clubs, you're tiny. If you're listening, we actually had to put a pillow behind her. <laughs> Short girl problems. You're, I just, I love that you're like, it's strip clubs for me. And you're just like the most, you're just this adorable tiny thing and you're just knocking down the doors at strip clubs. It's amazing. Um, okay, Kelly, tell us about her song and your involvement there. Sure. Um, her song really began just with a lament, I think, and a broken heart. You know, uh, A colleague of mine and I were working with some women that had been um, just referred to us. We were just ministering to them and really trying to piece some things together. And as we did that, we kept asking ourselves the questions, where does she go for help? Well, the problem was there was no answer. And so we decided to be the answer to our own question. And that's really the genesis of her song. And we started in 2013. We began serving women just where they were. In 2017, we opened our first safe house here in Northeast Florida. And since then, we've been able to expand uh, in Jacksonville as well as nationally. So we... um, 
really our mission is ending trafficking one life at a time. Mm -hmm. And that sounds kind of like really big and then really small. And it is, it's that macro and micro, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's so important when we look at it, um, you know, we're really approaching it in that way in every, you know, in our everyday work. So uh, currently we are in the jails. We're in the streets. I have a street outreach tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Jail is one of my favorite places to go. It's my happy place. And uh, we're in the prisons. So we're really meeting women where they are Mm -hmm. and just helping them discover themselves and and really bringing hope and help. Mm -hmm. And um, then we also have a care coordination where we're just answering the phones. We've had over 700 calls this year so far. And so we're able to help women take a next step, really walking her, you know, taking her by the hand and walking her to the next step. And then lastly, as I mentioned, um, our safe houses. And that's where we really take a deep dive and we see, um, you know, an intensive work in the hearts of one woman, two women, 10 women. So good. You know, some people may be listening or watching and they don't really have a category for what human trafficking is. Um, They might think it's only in other countries. And they might be hearing this and thinking, wait, in Jacksonville in Northeast Florida? So can you give a, a practical definition of what mm-hmm. trafficking is and the realities of where we live and trafficking? Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you that it's complicated. No matter how you slice it, you know, um, legally the definition involves force, fraud, and coercion. That's what has to be proven in a court of law. But it's really so much more than that. It's um, people stealing humanity, stealing someone else for profit. It's bodies as commodities. It's um, a criminal, an underground criminal industry. It's built on the laws of supply and demand. And we also, you know, we have a lot of people that equate human trafficking to modern day slavery. Mm-hmm. Anything, Tammy, would you say, in, do you see trafficking in strip clubs or what is your context for trafficking in your ministry? Absolutely. Um, as Kelly and I were talking earlier, our worlds overlap. Mm-hmm. And right now we've seen a huge influx with a um, specific demographic from a different country in four of our clubs. And we know for a fact these women are trafficked. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, um, it's very hard to communicate with them. They're all Spanish. And um, that's one of the things I'm actually going to, you know, share tonight. We need Spanish-speaking women to partner with us because it's shameless a huge, plug. yeah, shameless, shameless plug for if you sure. Speak Spanish, get them. Come on, come on, we got you. Yeah. And so, um, because we're having a hard time communicating with them, we're not able to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. We are going to start uh, teaching English in January at our Hope House so that we can begin to dig a little deeper and figure out how we can come alongside of them and get them out of those situations. Ellie, a lot of people don't realize that Jacksonville is a hot spot for human trafficking, and there's a bunch of things that converge right here. We have ports, we have international airports, we have I-95 and I-10, and we have major events like TPC, Georgia, Florida, mm-hmm. NFL, football, those kinds of things. You, when you put those things together anywhere in the country, you see a hot spot for human trafficking. This is not just a thing that happens somewhere over there. And they need to do something about it. It is right under our nose. Yeah, and Florida's ranked third in the nation. So, number three. Yeah, it's real. It's It's real. real. Pastor Joby, can you make a a connection for us between scripture and this fight for human life, particularly in light of human trafficking and strip club ministry that we've been talking about? Where do we see in scripture this important value of fighting for human life? 
from the beginning <laughs> to the end. I thought you might say that. So in the beginning, when God breathes the Ruah of life into the very first man and puts his spirit in the human, and that person is an image bearer of God, from that moment to the moment where we come back together with him in Revelation with a perfect face-to-face unhindered relationship and he wipes away every tear and God will be with us again, then everything in between is just marked by sin. Mm -hmm. And when sin entered the world, it held the door open for trafficking and pain and abuse and to use bodies as commodities instead of people understanding that they are so valuable that Jesus paid the price for them. Mm -hmm. And so we are in the fight from womb to tomb to fight for the dignity, the God-given dignity of every human being. So good. And Tammy, we were talking earlier, and I think you have a tattoo of, a, of some scripture, don't you, that inspired your ministry? Can you tell us about that? Um, I have two. I have um, one that says, Thy will be done. And that was um, my first tattoo, because I just want to be reminded that to be faithful and that whatever the Lord puts in front of me to say yes. And then my other one is um, Esther 4.14, which is um, that God has created uh, me for a time as this, and I truly believe that is part of my life. Mm-hmm. And so when I, when I get tangled up in the weeds and the heart of the ministry, I have to look at that too, tattoo to remind me. That's be so faithful. good. So good. Kelly, what is, what's your why every day? Because I imagine in the ministry that you all are in, mm-hmm. there are some really hard days. Not every day is a celebration story mm-hmm. um, and that there are probably a couple steps forward, five steps backwards, mm-hmm. two steps forward, 10 steps backwards. And um, there has to be something motivating you, a purpose every day. So what's mm-hmm. your why mm-hmm. every day? Can I share with you the scripture that our organization Please. was founded on? So um, I just wanna read it in in this translation. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and you've clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. So when I think about the women that we serve, they're the not silent ones Mm -hmm. and they will sing praises. You know, when we see their praises rise, I think just in the, in the essence of their lives and in the, the ripple effects to their families. So, um, you know, it's the gospel at its best, Mm -hmm. restoration and full redemption. Mm -hmm. So good. Pastor Joey, what's your why every day? The gospel. Mm -hmm. I can't get over the fact that he would save me Mm -hmm. and then use me to be on the rescue mission and tell other people about Jesus. Like, I, I still can't believe that I get to do this. Not that we have to do this, um, mm-hmm. but that we get to do this. So true. That I cannot contain the good news of what he's done in my life. Mm-hmm. So it just comes out of me on other people. <laughs> you tell a story that you have interacted with a stripper in your life. That made it sound weird in church church context um will you a lot of people have heard it but a lot of people probably haven't but will you tell a story of sunshine yeah so i was a um i think i was in seminary and was uh living in myrtle beach and i was a part-time youth pastor at this little church and also worked at a gym and it was right across the street from a strip club and um over time at that gym i got to know all the dancers because they would the guy that owned the gym it was a brilliant marketing scheme. He let them all work out for free. So they would come in and 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 you can imagine, you know, so they come in and work out and they're all super pretty. And then every dude in North Myrtle Beach would pay an exorbitant <laughs> daily fee. <clears throat> well, I'm, I've got to like work on my youth talk sitting at the desk where I was making the smoothies and stuff. And then over time what happened is those girls 
that I had warned all the students about, um, I got to know them as humans. You know what I mean? Got to know their names. Got to know they all had two names. Mm-hmm. Got, they all had kids. None of them ever planned to do this. And then part of it was I would just start running my sermons by them, and I thought, all right, man, if these girls get it, my my kids at my church will get it, you know? And they would ask questions, and and I, and I would try to share the gospel with them, and that, you know, and then I'd invite them to church, and then one time this girl says, I go to church with you, and I thought, oh, no. Because <laughs> the church I worked at was not like this church. Mm-hmm. It was not a movement for all people. <clears throat> it was a club for church people. Mm-hmm. And so she she's like, cool, I'll drive. And she comes to pick me up in her convertible white Corvette, and she had her daughter with her. We didn't even have a seat for her. Her daughter just sat on her lap, and I was like, I'll drive. And, I mean, she was making a couple thousand dollars a night in Myrtle Beach. And um, so I take her to church. And and um, I, I was even a little shocked by, like, what she had on, you know? And let's just say she was heavily invested in her career mm-hmm. and had all the things, like the like crazy-looking shoes and, you know what I mean? And so I'm taking her to this tiny little fundamentalist Southern Baptist church about 30 minutes inside of Myrtle Beach. And we and I had to get there early. And we come walking in. We check her kid in Sunday school. Then we walk into the class, I mean, into big church. And the just the stairs, the, like it was tangible, you know? Mm-hmm. And the whispers and all of that. And I was like, it's fine. Just come sit with me. And I had to sit on the front row because mm-hmm. I did the announcements. That's all they would trusted me to do. And so I do the announcements. Church is over and a and a guy says, just comes up to me and goes, We need to see you in the pastor's office. She goes to get her kid. I go to the pastor's office and there is a collection of some of the deacons. And in that church, deacon meant power broker, not servant like it does in ours. And they were just like, What is what is what is somebody like that doing here? And I was like, What do you mean? And they just began to tell me that the church was there to protect their children from people like that. And how dare I, as the youth pastor, bring in somebody like that there. And I wish I could say I stood up to them in the name of Jesus and for her dignity. And I didn't, man. I just caved because I was afraid. And I don't typically operate in fear. And I am by nature and by design a protector. And I did not. I go back out. She's the only car in the parking lot now because the meeting took a long time. And she's got these super cool aviators on, just crying. Mm-hmm. And she said, that, that meeting was about me, right? And I lied. I was like, no way. No, it's fine. So we get in the car, have this awkward drive back to Myrtle Beach. Meanwhile, her child is coloring a picture of Jesus <clears throat> that she got from Sunday school. And I don't know what to say. So I'm like, so what'd you think? And she says, this might not be word for word, but she said, I have never felt so humiliated in my whole life. Now think about this, man. The night before, she's dancing with no clothes on for a dollar from a strange man. Mm-hmm. And the, we walk into a church with church on the sign, and she feels treated that way. She quit showing up to the gym. She, like I, and I don't even know her name, Sunshine. Her name ain't Sunshine, but that's what everybody called her. You know what I mean? I don't even know. And so it... It haunted me and haunted me and haunted me. And so when God gave me the opportunity to plant 1122, I said, sunshine would be welcome here. Mm-hmm. And this is a movement for all people to discover and deepen a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And so it's part of the way we've connected with y'all's ministries because we would love to be the place where if anybody feels mm-hmm. welcome and invited and accepted, mm-hmm. it would be the people that Jesus died for. Right. Now, we're not saying that we're a movement for all people to just live however they want to live. That's not what we're saying, man. We just want people to discover Jesus and then partner with the Holy Spirit in their lives to take steps of obedience towards that. But we don't get to set that timetable. And so every time I've shared that story in church, I apologize on behalf of the church. Not like I'm the Pope of, you know, Protestant churches, but I know, I know especially in Jacksonville and especially women have been, had very, very bad experiences in local churches mm-hmm. and felt a whole bunch of shame and condemnation. Mm-hmm. And I just want to tell them I'm sorry and that they are welcome here. And so it has shaped me a lot, a lot. So I love this church. Yeah. Me too. love this church. I And my wife, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> my, my wife volunteers. She's like on the, on the backup team for Red House is Open. And, bro, she's like prim and proper and grill up like that. <laughs> Dude, she just, and that's a part of what we do now. I mean, you know, she, she does that mm-hmm. and. But listen, man, if we're not in the rescue business, what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? I was getting emotional as you were telling that story because I know sitting where we are now, like I know that there was a group of her song women Mm -hmm. who did a book study on your book last year. Mm -hmm. And it's going to make me emotional again, but like God is redeeming Mm. so much like from Mm -hmm. our shortcomings as humans, God is compounding that now. And we are sitting in the fruit of learning from where you were. And it's just so beautiful. And I mean, I've seen Hadassah's Hope Women. Um, I've met them in our church and they don't feel ostracized. Like they feel at home and people welcome them and love their kids. And even if their dresses are super short and big shoes on, nobody makes them feel weird. And they're not the only ones. That's (laughs) right. not just the strippers (laughs) wearing the short dresses. (laughs) See, that's the thing, man. I mean, I'm I'm all for modest as hot as don't get me wrong. However, the people that are most critical of what somebody else is dressed in is often the most person insecure about That's right. what they look like. True. So you true. know, like if there was a if there was a loving, mature woman that sees a younger person in our church and they don't feel like they're dressed appropriately and, and they were able to, in love, to first and foremost develop a relationship with the person and then lovingly put their arm around them and say, all right, darling, we'll help you out with this. Yeah. That is very, shopping. very, very different yeah. Yeah. than yeah. You, you don't have on the right dress code. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. I think if we knew the stories of these women, cool. you know, yeah. most of their stories start with, you know, at two, at mm. four, at nine. And if that's the love that you've known, love hurts, it takes, you know, it abuses, Mm -hmm. it traumatizes. And if that's the only love that you've ever known, then it's hard to know what real love looks like. And that's one of the things that we've appreciated so much about 1122 is that, you know, the women that come can be embraced and they can embrace a new way of living. And um, it's just, a, it's beautiful. Again, it's the gospel at its highest and best. Mm-hmm. That's so good. What's so different though, man, you think about it. I appreciate you saying what you said, but, you know, um, like take the apostle Peter, God uses some of his biggest failures, his mouth, mm-hmm. as the mouthpiece for the very first 
gospel message ever preached as a church, you know? And today, one of the most celebrated things in our church is things to do with y'all's ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, even if we don't put it on blast, but we know that there's some been some, some Hadassah girls or some her song girls like get saved and get baptized. There's some of us that know, again, man, unless they decide to make it public about their story, but it is the most celebrated thing. Oh, for, for sure. Absolutely. Right, right, right. It's so cool. One thing that you said, and I'd love to ask this question, um, when you said you started to get to know the girls coming into the gym and you started learning that they had kids and they maybe had trauma in their life, I would love to ask the two of you, what is the most surprising thing about when you start to meet and get to know these women? What is some of the most surprising things that you learn about them and their stories? I think for me, the most shocking thing um, is the child sexual abuse that goes on. Mm -hmm. You know, when they tell you that their real dad started having sex with them when they were nine years old, Mm -hmm. that's like hard to keep a poker face and not just, and you just break down with them. You, you know, Jesus tells us we weep with those who weep and, and you literally just ball your eyeballs out in the strip club, in the dressing rooms with these girls. And it's basically copy and paste story after story Mm -hmm. after story after story. Mm-hmm. And um, and those type of stories are why they end up in the strip club. Mm-hmm. It's not like they wake up one day and go, oh, I want to be a stripper. No, there's been massive trauma mm-hmm. um, that stems from either in their home or they've been in and out of a bazillion foster care homes. Um, they've aged out of foster care, not having the training and the sexual mm-hmm. abuse, and they have nowhere to go. So they end up in a strip club. The very first night, the very first day they age out, they show up in a strip club. Mm-hmm because they've been recruited by other kids that have aged out of foster care. And so when you learn that that trauma is is why that they're there, because they think they don't have the worthiness, they don't feel love, they don't realize they can do other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think it's, you know, the depravity of humanity, mm-hmm. you know, the atrocities of one human against another. And you see our women come to us and they're, they're, impoverished in spirit. Um, They're bankrupt in every way, emotionally, physically, spiritually. But to watch them rise strong and and the resilience, I mean, I literally feel like I get to watch heroes in the making every single day. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, talk about trophies of grace. Absolutely. Here's something, you know, as the only dude sitting here. Um, One, wouldn't it be just like the enemy to take the very core of so in, when God creates image bearers, he does not just create a man or a woman. He creates man and woman because we image him differently, mm-hmm. right? And and a part of the way a female images God is she has this like captivating quality because God is captivating mm-hmm. and is to be valued. And so the enemy would go at that very thing and say, no, 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 you're, you're dirty. Mm-hmm. And man, when you start believing that about yourself— then mm-hmm. dirty things to you. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm already broken, you know? And so to hear what you guys are doing, um, it's incredible. And there's not a dude listening to this that hears about what you're talking about and be like, that's sick, right? Because that, that, a little bit of that protection thing comes up. Mm-hmm. And then what's unbelievable to me is the incredible disconnect in the mind of the man that is participating in pornography mm-hmm. to not understand that he is participating in the very things that he is talking about. Yeah. 
It yeah. is, man. It's all in that same bucket. Mm-hmm. E- even if those specific things you you don't witness or whatever, that is the that is the environment that creates those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm. And I think we think it's a victimless crime. You know that the that the person on the other side of the camera that's dancing in the club that they want to be there, mm-hmm. and um, you know you're talking about people that have probably limited options and limited choices, and then we're going to claim that um, you know it's okay. So I, I agree. And like you said, the very first thing when you said it's very complicated, mm-hmm. I can remember the first real interaction we had. We, we began to plant churches in um, just on the edge of, well, in, in Brazil, and we planted them as Compassion International churches because the, the human trafficking in Brazil is, through, is crazy. And one of the best ways you can prevent it is give a kid a uniform and a name and a sponsor, mm-hmm. you know, like be loved by some people. And in my mind, I had this like, all right, there's good guys and there's bad guys. And when we get there, we're going to find all the bad guys and take care of them. And they were their families. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, hold on, man. I mean, the darkness was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to see that. And if that's all you have known Mm -hmm. from your prepubescent days, that that's Mm -hmm. what men do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, to say like they want to is not even a fair statement. Mm -hmm. Mm. It is, it is, if you don't believe in the demonic and in our utter depravity, then you, you are living uh, in an ivory tower. This just mm. has nothing to do with the humanity that mm-hmm. is. Sure. The good news is that there's good news yeah, for absolutely. traffickers, yeah. for people that are buying sex, you know, um, the gospel's for them. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, these are the dark, dark shadows. And I think it's really good for people. We can get so comfortable. Like you said, Tammy, before you were on your mission trip, you were really comfortable Mm -hmm. in life. And um, it is easier and so much less painful to turn away and not even become aware, let alone serve, get involved. But like, it is just easier because it is so dark. And so sometimes it's easier to just turn away. Um, And so I think it's so important for people to hear the realities. Um, But there's also lights to shadows Mm -hmm. and you are shining lights on those shadows. And so can you just share with us a little bit of some of the lights that you've seen that have been shown in your ministries? Um, I'll go first. Um, One of the girls um, that comes to mind, uh, she goes to this church. She's plugged into a disciple group. Um, A little um, backstory, we walked into the club for the first night, and um, she had told us she was going to kill herself that night. Mm -hmm. She had it already planned, and um, she met the church ladies for the very first time. And we were able to share the gospel with her, and she uh, never went back, Mm y'all. She um, got saved. She's in a disciple group in Arlington. She attends Arlington. She is working full-time right now, Mm -hmm. and she's in the process of getting her children back. Wow. So that's that's one of a few stories we could Mm -hmm. share. That's incredible. But God. They call you the church ladies? The church ladies. (laughs) They don't even know where Hadassah is. I love it. We're the church ladies. They're nice, and they bring food. And you know what the best part is, is when they're sitting at the bar when we walk in, and even at Wacko's, I hope it's okay to name them, but the, the DJ's like, the church ladies are in the house. You're doing it right. Yes, we will be the church ladies. Take it. Love it. It's an honor. 
Mm-hmm. What about for you guys, Kelly? Can you share some lights? Um, I think it's just that full circle, you know, just as like I was saying, of redemption. You watch everything, you know, shattered and devastated and broken. And then God essentially creates a mosaic. You know, he takes those sharp and ragged, jagged edges. He starts to put them back together in a way that means something, that has purpose and beauty. And um, you said something earlier, just even that, that made me think, you know, one of the things I think is so important is to watch people's identity be changed, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not sunshine. Right. And, and I think, you know, finding out who you are, who God says you are, and then what you do with that is that identity and purpose piece of, of um, that restoration. That is beautiful. It's magnificent. We get a front row seat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've spent some time with some of the Her Song girls, yes. and they are in the middle of healing, and mm-hmm. their joy Mm-hmm. It is so palpable. And I know that they have hard days and the road is not straight. It's very curvy and windy, but you just see them. And it's it's when you talk about pain as a platform and it's almost like mm-hmm. the deeper your pain, it opens up an opportunity for a deeper joy. And they wear that. Mm-hmm. And I see them around mm-hmm. you and the way they look at you. I know that we talk about a lot of negative male figures, but I feel like a lot of times they have really negative female Mm -hmm. figures in their life too. And to have people to look up to, um, one thing you said in the sermon is when uh, the Roman soldier was considering harming himself or suicide and they said, don't, don't, we are all here. And I hear Mm -hmm. what your, your story and the church ladies and you Mm -hmm. being there. And I see the Her Mm -hmm. Song girls and they're living out exactly what you just talked about in the sermon. Like they, we are all here. You don't need to harm yourself. There is something greater for you. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Preach. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about caring for broken people, whether it's survivors, trauma victims, abused, trafficked, abandoned, whatever it may be, what are one or two ways that we can love and care for them best? So maybe people aren't serving in these ministries. They're not going into strip clubs, but maybe they have a friend who was raped when they were a teenager, or maybe they have someone whose dad left at a really young age and they're just struggling with how do I believe that God is a good dad? Mm -hmm. What are one or two ways that you you use in your daily ministry or or what could you offer just the best way to love people in that place? Well, we love volunteers and we have a lot of people that are just heavily invested you know as you know um in the work that we do and you know i heard something recently that really stuck with me and it's the power of unlikely relationships mm-hmm. so people are not necessarily alike and so it's it's you wouldn't you wouldn't put them together you know um but the power of unlikely relationships mm-hmm. and the difference that that can make for people and then you know uh, beyond the practical, I think it's just bringing hope. Mm. You know, hope births so many things. And so people that can bring hope with them, um, the help comes naturally. That's good. Um, I think just loving, this is what the dancers tell us, just just 
love us where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, no agenda. Don't try to change me. And that's kind of where we land is our goal is to build an authentic friendship with them mm-hmm. with the purpose of sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. But when they feel loved— and they feel heard and they feel seen, you begin to watch the walls mm-hmm. begin to break down. I did want to share a quote with y'all Please. that is just super interesting. Excuse me, I'm going to get my old lady glasses on. <laughs> um, we draw people to Christ loudly discrediting what they believed by not telling them what they're doing wrong and that we're right, but showing them that a light is so lovely that they want with all their heart to know what mm-hmm. that source of the light is, yeah. which we know is Jesus. Yeah, so good. That is the heartbeat behind Hadassah's hope so and her song. So in the text we studied this weekend in Acts 16, God saves Lydia, God saves the slave girl, and God saves the jailer. So that's got to be like the motivation behind, right? Mm-hmm. Like God wants to save these girls. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you guys are just saying, use us, yeah, just absolutely. use us. Mm-hmm. Something else I'd just like to encourage our church with, like for sure, um, all throughout this uh, tent in life and the abundant life, there's many, many, many opportunities to serve. A part of the reason we're highlighting these ministries is to, is to help people be compelled by love to take a step of obedience and serve. But then to every single person that brings their first and best to 1122, that we are significant financial partners with these ministries and we are constantly available to help with y'all's needs. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do. As a church, we want to be a conduit of resources and grace, uh, not a cul-de-sac here either. And so if 1122 is your home and you're bringing your first and best, you are already at some point participating in the fight against human trafficking right here in Jacksonville. We are super thankful for y'all. So good. So both of your ministries care for majority women, and we've been talking about caring for women and and their stories, and we touched on it a little bit. And I I also want to just say that we know that men are trafficked as well, and we absolutely acknowledge that, and um, I don't want anyone to feel like we're not acknowledging and not aware of that, and we know that. But when we think about the woman that God designed, and I love what you said about I've honestly never thought about it. So thank you for that nugget of wisdom. Um, That women, one of our pillars of essence is captivating and that the enemy would twist that. What are some core truths about the woman as God designed her to be? What are some of those truths that you strive to instill and help your women believe about themselves every day? Um, I think it's super important for them to know that they're image bearers, mm-hmm. that they have been created by God. They don't know that, y'all. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. And so with that, on one of the walls in our Hope House, it says, um, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and there's a giant mirror. We have watched girls weep because mm-hmm. they realize for the very first time, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It just sets in with them. And so that's one of the profound truths we want them to know. Again, that we love them, we see them, we value them, we hear them. And not only that, but that their story's not over. There's hope. Mm-hmm. And they're, you're not doomed by your past. Mm-hmm. You're not held hostage. You're not too far gone. So we like to instill that into them. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would just echo what Tammy said, but then you know, also add that she's worthy. Mm. And she's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, the tears and the bended knees, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, um, the, you know, sometimes it's the, the heart-wrenching um, 
just back and forth, you know, but uh, again, just being a, a front row witness to the beautiful, beautifully broken, you know, mm. that God breathes new life into, really grave dwellers to, you know, resurrected souls. And um, yes. That's the sermon series. Yeah, seriously. I'd love to share a story that I've, I've just realized lately. Um, I have a daughter. She's 14 months. So we're fresh parents. <laughs> very fresh. Um, and Pastor Britt preached last weekend. And he told a story about taking his family whitewater rafting. And um, how his daughter fell out. And uh, she was on the side of the boat saying, daddy, daddy, daddy. And he picked her up into the boat and hugged her. And no part of him was going to admonish her for not paying attention to the rules or whatever. He was like, no, I'm just going to love her and hold her. And I just had this moment of, of, I felt like the Lord was kind of showing me how soft a woman is. And I have a, a strong personality and I, when I think about my daughter, I'm praying she's bold and fierce and strong. And then I just had this moment of like, God also designed the woman as fragile in many ways and gentle and um, that the, the, while we simultaneously pray for strength and boldness, there's also just something different about how he created women um, with this, and fragile is not the right word. And I don't even know if that I have the right word. And I got really emotional listening to it because I felt this weight and this privilege of, I can't believe he's entrusted us to shape mm-hmm. our daughter. Um, and, and when I, I hear the stories, I think that's what you all get to do too. You get to reshape um, where the edges have been hardened mm-hmm. back into the softness that God intended them to be. And it's just such a, it's a really beautiful picture of how he designed mm-hmm. the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, newsflash, male and female are not the same. Mm-hmm. And I know That's that right. is like hate speech in today's right. world. And there is a boldness and a fierceness and a strength when a woman knows how to be the woman God has created her to be. And it's, it's oh man, it's a different kind of strength. I mean, you read about the Proverbs 31 woman. She's getting it done, bro. She's got a business. She's got everybody fed. She's like, ain't worried about the winter. You know what I mean? Her kids are bragging about her at the gate because she's holding it down, you know? But it's different. Mm-hmm. It's true. Grit meets grace. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's mm-hmm. good. Grit meets grace. I like that. Okay, so how can people be a part of the work that you do? We're talking a lot about the women who take part in your ministry, but what about people who are like listening and they're saying, yes, I want to get involved. Um, Where can they find out more? How can they get involved? What are some opportunities that people can serve? I mean, you've already talked about bringing food, being the church ladies. So if someone's feeling called to be a church lady, come on. Um, But how can people get involved? 
Uh, well, first of all, pray, give, go. Mm-hmm. That is praying for us is huge. Um, every Friday, Saturday night, yes. we're hitting up strip clubs, and we need people um, praying mm-hmm. on our behalf just for that favor. Mm-hmm. Um, HadassasHopeJacks.com is our website. There's many ways to get involved, mm-hmm. but as mentioned before, we need people that speak Spanish. If you're a woman, you speak Spanish. Come on, we need mm-hmm. you. Um, in addition to that, we need people to do security. Security sits outside for anybody that's wondering. They don't go inside, which is husbands, boyfriends, men that have a heart for this, and they just keep us safe mm-hmm. um, in the parking lot. And women to cook. Um, you know, I have a gift of gab. I love to go inside, but I hate to cook. So we need women that like to do that kind of thing. And so um, we need you because our, our goal by 2025 is to be in every single strip club every single week. And to do that, we need people. We need bodies. And right now we have, and we need an army. It literally takes a village to do what we do. Awesome. So, yeah, we'd love to have you on. Great. I definitely would covet prayers. Um, You know, this is a really dark place to be working. I mean, and literally storming the gates of hell, Mm -hmm. you know, um, on the rescue team. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's one thing. And then we love volunteers. We have a lot of really amazing, I would say, frequent flyers, people that um, they just come to be part of the community and part of the fellowship of her song. And so that's a, a really beautiful way for people to, you know, join us in the work that we're doing. And be aware, but also educate your kids. It's mm-hmm. good. I think that is a really profound place of impact at the moment. You know, um, as a matter of fact, if we look at the DCF cases over the last year, almost all of them have an online component. And so just digital safety. And that sounds like it's it's like we're, we're trying to interrupt the cycle before it starts, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's a really important thing for parents and grandparents and churches to understand. If a mom or dad is listening and they mm-hmm. think, I want to educate my kids, but I have no clue mm-hmm. how or where to go, do you have any resources at top of mind that you can recommend mm-hmm. for them to go? I would say check our website okay. or call our office. So our website is hersong.org, and um, you can find the phone number there, and we'd be happy to help. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Did you have something you want to say? I thought you had another comment. No, ma'am. <laughs> Uh, and we'll link all of those in the show notes too so people can find your websites and where to find you. Um, but we are so grateful. I have one more question. It's 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 fun one. <laughs> it's the Advent season. Christmas is coming. So what is one thing, either you personally or maybe your ministry, but what is something you are doing this Advent season to prepare to celebrate Jesus on Christmas? Mm. We have birthday parties for Jesus in the strip club. Really? <laughs> um, we're putting together gift bags that people have generously given to us, and they get a little Devo book. Hopefully, they'll read it, and a lot of it is built around gratitude because mm-hmm. gratitude changes everything. And then we give them gift cards and wallets, and for the bouncers and the managers, we give them these really cool gadgets. This year, they're getting flashlights. We've done pocket knives. Mm-hmm. We've done all kinds of cool, cool stuff, and we have a birthday party for Jesus. Love that. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Well, um, every day at Her Song, our ladies come to a learning center and they're coming for classes and for counseling and case management and so forth. But we also have what I like to call Holy Huddle. <laughs> and um, this month, we're doing a devotional, The Weary World Rejoices. Mm-hmm. And so we're focusing on joy and we're going through the Advent season, um, you know, preparing our hearts. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. 
to both of you for being here. And it's just such an encouragement because one of one thing that Pastor Joby says all the time is once you're rescued, you are a part of the rescue team. And the two of you are living out what it means to lay aside comfort and all the things this world wants us to take up. And you're saying, no, I'm going to fight against the world and against the current and be a part of the rescue team. And there is fruit and we're seeing it. And we're just so grateful that you're part of this church body and a part of our community. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, do you have any closing encouragements for them? Pastoral I would say since my primary job is, it's really the job of all Christians, but is is to make disciples. That's what we're trying to do here at 1122. We make disciples to make disciples to make disciples. And if you've been around, you've heard me say this, man. The greatest way for you to deepen your relationship with Jesus is help somebody else discover theirs. So there's probably a lot, especially somebody that would listen to this podcast called Deepen. They're probably in a Bible study. They probably listen to the sermons. I'm probably one of a dozen sermons that they're used to listening to on podcasts throughout the week. And at some point... You got to fold it up and go get in the game. And uh, I'm not, I'm pro Bible study, I promise. This is what I do for a living. But you really want to deepen your relationship with Jesus. It will not necessarily be an exegeting Act 16, it will be an acting out Act 16 and go find that slave girl whose owners are owning and abusing and using her for their own profit and in the name of Jesus offer her freedom and rescue mm. in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Kelly mentioned that she would covet our prayers, so I, I think we should pray for them. What do you think? I'd be happy to. Okay, um, thanks. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father. <clears throat> God, we pray for sunshine. Wherever mm. she is, we know that your arms are not too short to save her. Mm. And uh, God, maybe she already knows you. I, I hope and I pray that. And God, I pray for these two women, these three women, but God, these two that are on the front lines, just in it every single day. Lord, I thank you for um, who you have created them to be. Captivating for sure, but fierce and bold. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I pray that you would do exceedingly more than they could ever hope or imagine in the ministries that you have put them in charge of. God, I, I, I pray that you would turn that hopelessness into hope and that there would be dancing. And God, I thank you that you have created them for such time as this. And Lord, we pray that um, for every one of these girls that are rescued in Jesus' name, that you would receive all the glory. Yeah. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.